Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We just wrapped up the Ubisoft press conference plus the half hour, uh, I guess, gameplay footage fiesta uh, for Assassin's Creed Origins. I think they called that thing. The Origins is a, uh, a a favorite go-to. Yeah, that's the name of it. <laughs> uh, okay. First, first things first. First things first. Ubisoft didn't light a single dumpster on fire for the entire conference. That by itself is impressive. We didn't get Aisha Tyler up on stage awkwardly cursing and telling everybody how much of a gamer she is. We didn't get Jason Derulo trying to sing but not being able to and then blaming it on not being able to hear himself later. We didn't get any of that usual gong show. And on top of that, the first thing that we see... Come out on stage is Shigeru Miyamoto to talk about some weird fever dream acid trip melding of Mario and Rabbids. It doesn't even make sense. And yet it happened. And you know what? It actually looked pretty cool. Uh, I guess out of, out of 10, if I'm going to give ratings for out of 10 on this, I don't even know if I gave one for, uh, the conference earlier, but I'll give one for this one. Uh, this conference was, uh, I'm, I'm going to say a solid, I want to give it an eight, but I have to go with a seven. I can't just ride entirely on um, beyond good and evil two, which we will get to as well. Uh, so Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Adventure is the name of that game, uh, and it was, well, it was impressive watching uh, Eve and and uh, and Miyamoto attempt to speak English together on the stage at the same time. So that was a, a bit of fun by itself. But it's basically a tactical adventure game, and it plays a lot like XCOM, but there's a bit of an open-ish world feel to it, uh, and with the the XCOM. Uh, almost isometric, top-down kind of turn-based deal, uh, where the characters all have their own, you know, unique abilities and whatnot, and they can interact, and the uh, environments are partially destructible from what we saw. Uh, surprisingly, seemed like a fair amount of depth, and I have to imagine that if if uh, if Nintendo is is freely giving up Mario for use here, then they've had a heavy hand in this too. And so it's going to be at least a, a decent game. And it looked like it had some promise. Uh, it's not something that I'm going to run out and buy, but it does look good uh, in general. And I think it's probably going to make a, a few people quite happy. So I'm, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic and keep my, my, you know, my eyes peeled and my, my ear to the ground for, for hearing more about that as, as time goes on. But to my knowledge, that comes out August of this year. So that's a release this year. They've hid that for three years, announced it today. The dude that worked on it, uh, Miyamoto, was, he was sitting in the crowd. Miyamoto was talking about how he was doing a good job and talking directly to him. We got to see some man tears. I'd probably cry too uh, if Miyamoto was, was talking so kindly about me. I wouldn't know what to do myself. Uh, so that was, that was pretty cute. And you can't not smile whenever that man is on stage. It's, it's, it's impossible. It's actually impossible. So go and, go and check that out if you haven't seen some video footage for it. Um, definitely a very strong start for them, uh, breaking, uh, breaking out with, with, uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Adventure. Uh, we also saw brief snippets of Assassin's Creed, uh, before the much longer, 
uh, gameplay, not reveal, but gameplay session that they showed at the end of the conference. And I guess I'll just talk about it now since that's where we are in the conference proper. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, we're getting a lot more gameplay, half hour of it. They didn't do any mission-related stuff. Uh, I wish they did because what they showed did not really, for me, put the game in a particularly great light. The game is pretty to look at, so it's got that going for it. And we didn't see anything hugely jank. The AI had some spottiness, which is, you know, kind of standard fare for Assassin's Creed stuff. The combat did not look all that impressive. Uh, they went into detail about how there's leveled gear uh, and and the camps. It 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 started to look like a an MMO had some MMO flavor. It had some uh, Far Cry uh, campaign type deals, you know, where you'd come up on an encampment, you're using your eagle to mark everything, and uh, there are leveled enemies. So some places you can go that are ahead of your level, and and some that will be at your level or maybe below it. It's it. There was a lot going on, and none of it really felt like Assassin's Creed. Which is weird, as you could imagine. I didn't really see... I, I can't remember. Somebody said that it might have happened early on, but I can't remember it happening. But I didn't see enough of it, regardless, of actual assassinations. I know they wanted to show the new combat off and, and everything, but I, I needed to still be assured that even if a guy is level 25 and I'm level 20, and I come up behind him and his only armor is a helmet, maybe a chest plate, and I come up behind him and I stab him in the neck, if I can do that still, and then he's going to die, and it's not just going to half-life him because he's got five levels on me, because then is it really Assassin's Creed, or is it really Assassin anything, or is it just another third-person action game, which they even went on about third-person action, or, or like a third-person FPS or something like that, that he, he brought that up, which I thought was a weird thing to mention in Assassin's Creed. I don't know. Uh, all I know is that it was a pretty game for the most part. Um, you know, the water looked fantastic. That's, that's like the theme of E3 for me right now is every game I see that has water, the water looks awesome. <laughs> so we've made it boys. We've, we've made water look great. It's not just for Skyrim mods anymore. Uh, and beyond that, yeah, I don't know. I need to wait and see more. I need to see some gameplay of actual mission structure to see how that's going to play out. Uh, and, and, and then maybe make some more judgment calls from there, but yeah, it didn't really impress me at all. It didn't crush my soul either. It was just kind of eh. It was eh. Uh, you know what else was eh? The crew too. Uh, they paraded that bad boy out onto stage, uh, and now there's like biplanes and speedboats uh, and, uh, what are they called? Class one or tier one buggies or something? I can't remember how that, uh, how that whole system works. I'm not big into, into that, that scene, but, uh, they, they've got a smattering of everything. Um, it kind of looked like an adult Diddy Kong racing where it had everything but a, a hovercraft. Um, it, uh, again, looked good. Graphically speaking, it looked great. Um, but, uh, it, for a, a car or racing game, it, it lacked soul. It didn't feel all that exciting, despite the fact that I was watching all these exciting things, uh, which was, you know, unfortunate. And then the presenter they had for it was terrible. 
absolutely terrible. He was monotone and kind of creepy. He he was creeping me out a little bit, and he like gave this weird little wink thing at the end. It was it was odd, but the crew too. Um, I mean, I uh, crew the first game didn't do anything for me. This really didn't do anything for me. But again, very pretty game. But these days, I don't know how hard it is to make a game that pretty. Uh, more South Park was, uh, was brought out for us, the fractured butthole. Uh, they didn't show really anything that you wouldn't have already seen, I don't think. It was kind of just, uh, hey guys, remember this is, this is a thing, it's coming, it's funny, it's South Park. And so we got that. And it was all of those things, and if you like the first one, odds are, you're gonna like the second one. Uh, then we got this really odd... <laughs> This really odd transfer into... Oh, did I just make an unintentional pun? Yeah. Called transference. I'm sorry. That was completely unintentional. Uh, Elijah Wood just showed up on screen. And started started to talk with what just seemed to be like an interview about Ubisoft doing VR stuff. And then they spun that into the fact that it was actually the game they were talking about. And he's actually in the game. Uh, and it, so it seems like a, a VR thriller type deal. Uh, they, uh, they had quite a, a, a funky showing for that, but it didn't really show anybody anything, and all I was seeing in chat, which similar to what was going through my mind, was just like, question mark? Like, what did I just see? I don't know. Um, we're gonna probably have to wait a little longer to find out. But it's, it's a ways out anyway, so I don't think there's, there's any worry. We're gonna, you know, gonna see more, uh, in the coming months. Then we got, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag... Light in Skull and Bones. Uh, pirate stuff is popular right now, and we got that with this. It was uh, basically just the the sea warfare pirating extravaganza. Uh, they showed a five v five like PvP mode uh, kind of deal um, for it, and again, look good. Water was fantastic, as is the the theme. Uh, but the thing that really that uh, that I noticed right away, and then some people in chat were also mentioning the cannonballs. Of all things to talk about, I guess with this, the cannonballs firing looked more like they were missiles coming out of launch pods, uh, both in 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 visual and how fast they were traveling. It was really weird uh, and kind of threw me for a bit of a loop. And the explosions and everything basically around the cannon fire, uh, both where it starts and where it would end should it hit the, the opposing ship, all looked kind of bad. Um, which was shocking because the rest of what we were watching actually looked quite good. So I don't know how to take it. I think that's another game that I'd have to see different modes and, and what else they're going to bring to the table. Um, but, uh, I mean, there are other games on the market that have done, done similar type stuff to that to a degree. Uh, so, um, and it's a long way out too. Like I said, actually, it's not until fall of 2018, which means it's probably more like 2019 by the time it gets delayed. We're going to get at least one more E3 where we see that game. And so don't want to judge it too harshly right now. It's a long way out. But what we did see, there's a little bit of promise there for sure. Um, just gonna wait and see more, see what we get out of it. Uh, but I, I had, I, I had the, the feels of good promise. You know, it, ha it has, it has something. We just have to see some more. Uh, also it had a Kraken at the end. 
if that means anything to you. I guess you almost have to have a Kraken now. Um, how many other games have had Krakens? We were expecting Krakens in other games, but I don't know if it actually... <laughs> I'm just waiting for like five games to all feature a Kraken at this E3. Uh, Just Dance had a very short segment. Thank God some girl came out and sang that I had no idea who it was. I don't know how many people knew who she was. But on the plus side... Um... On the plus side, she's sang on key, unlike Jason Derulo from last year, uh, which was fantastic. And it was very brief. People came out, did some dancing stuff. Uh, she was like, hey, this game's coming out because you know Just Dance 2018 is coming out, and that was the show. Great. Awesome. Then South Park had another game where they basically took the combat from, from uh, their main game now, like the Fractured Butthole, uh, and made a mobile game of it called South Park Phone Destroyer. It looked pretty much exactly what you would expect that to, be, to look like. They've got all the classes and whatnot. It's got the turn-based deal. Um, it looked pretty funny. It looked like it might be a good time waster. I'm not a huge mobile game guy, but it makes sense as a game, I think, uh, as far as I can tell. And I'm sure some people are going to be uh, picking that up when it comes out. I don't know if they gave a date or not uh, on that one, but... Uh, all it looked like to me was you took the combat out of the main game, made it a mobile game standalone. Bob's your uncle. Uh, oh, uh, cock magic was involved. It's important. Cock magic. Don't forget it. Starlink Battle for Atlas. So this was like, I guess, if there was a low point where people were cringing, but not in the traditional cringe way, this is probably what it would be for the conference. Uh, so this is... <laughs> you gotta go look at a video. I, I, I'm gonna try and describe this to you if you're on iTunes or, or you're watching, watching this on, on YouTube. Uh, but you gotta go find a video for this. It's, it's called, I'll say it again, Starlink Battle for Atlas. Um... I have in brackets written here in my notes, more amiibo shit. It's not technically an amiibo, but it basically is. So on the Switch controller, you know, where you can plug the the two, like, smaller controllers to, to the, the holster, we'll call it, to make, like, one big controller, okay? So in the middle there, they've got a, I don't know if it's a separate unit uh, that has things to be able to hold these, these toys onto, is what I'm going to call them. Uh, but basically, you, you load in a ship into the middle of this as a stock ship, and then there are individual parts that you snap onto this thing that, you know, appear in the game that you're playing, and then by the end of it, you literally are holding this controller with this, honestly, sizable figurine of the ship on top of your controller. That's, that's gotta be a little awkward. I mean, the controllers are already awkward for me to hold. I can't imagine what that would be like with the friggin' figure on it, but hey, it's there. Um, I don't think we we know what that's gonna look like in terms of do you have to buy individual parts separately so you're gonna get this little package with like a rocket launcher thingy on it or whatever, I don't know. They did mention that there was um, digital versions of the ships, which signals to me that maybe then I guess you don't have to buy the figurine stuff, which was nice. What we didn't know or we what we didn't hear yet is if the digital stuff would be less expensive than the physical stuff, which you would hope, but at the same time, 
maybe wouldn't be shocking if that wasn't the case. Uh, but anyway, that's what it looked like. As far as the, the game goes, it was a, like a, we just saw some space combat stuff. It was like ships coming down in, into, uh, like planet side and they were just shooting shit. That's pretty much all we saw. And then we saw them swapping the parts out on the action figure that was on the controller and it was looking weird and crazy. And that's kind of what we got, but that's a ways out as well. So um how much more we'll see at this e3 uh post conference i don't know but we're gonna very likely see more um obviously from that coming up in the future and i can't wait to see the pricing that's all i'm gonna say pricing is gonna be quite something uh then we got a steep expansion remember steep it was the game that everybody loved for like um at least two weeks because it had the dude run his head off of a bell in a church while skiing down a mountain yep so they came out and they said hey we have an expansion for it it's for the 2018 olympics unfortunately nobody ran their head off of a bell and so my attention span for it wasn't so hot but uh i guess there are people out there still playing steep so Maybe you're excited to, to play some Olympic uh, courses and stuff. That's, I think, what's basically coming in this. It's called Road to the Olympics. Um, yay. Steep. Then we got Far Cry 5. Um, a little bit more gameplay and what we can expect in that. I don't know how much of that was put out in press releases in written form before this. I didn't see any of it, so all of it was new to me. Uh, but what I've got written down here was the fact that it's got co-op. I don't know if it's drop-in, drop-out co-op, if it's the whole game uh, or whatnot. I'm sure that's probably fleshed out somewhere in writing in an interview somewhere. Uh, you basically get dog meat. I mean, Fallout 4 made it popular. Why not have a dog friend? Uh, and then AI companions for hire. So in the in the trailer, gameplay trailer hybrid, we saw the player had a an AI companion that they told to go up to this water tower, um, I guess to provide cover from where they were going to be. Then he had the dog with him. Uh, and then they brought in the, the you know, the, the co-op partner too. And it was all, so you got to see all this happening. Uh, ignoring all of that, the gunplay looked pretty weak. To me, it didn't look very satisfying, uh, I guess is how I would put it. Uh, and it still has seems to have that general gameplay flow of sit up on a hill, mark as many people as you can, uh, and then just, just go in and kill them. And there's a story that weaves into that somewhere, and that's Far Cry. Um, it just... It just doesn't look... I mean, the other Far Cry games, you know, 3 and 4 were at least relatively competent shooters uh, and, and were kind of fun uh, from a shooting perspective. This one just didn't look all that great from a shooting perspective. So take that as you will. Uh, there's all sorts of, of trailer stuff that you'll be able to go and watch if you want to catch up on that if you haven't seen it already. Uh, finally... The biggest announcement, bar none, and almost enough to put DJ Wheat in an early grave, uh, was the Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer. Uh, and it was a hell of a trailer. Sorry, to, to be more accurate for, uh, for the purposes of this, it was a fucking good, fucking awesome, fucking sweet, shit-fucking, awesome fucking trailer fuck. Uh, there was a lot of cursing in the trailer. Uh, it was a bit much. It, it went it went from tasteful to to overdose in about three to four seconds. 
Um, but it looked great from, you know, it was all CG, but it looked great. It was relatively comedic, uh, you know, in, in, in spots. And the fact that it exists and it's coming is all, you know, beyond good and evil 2 needs to be. We didn't see any gameplay. We don't really know anything about it, really. We know that they've got some apparently uh, very good tech for space travel, I thought I heard him talking about. I don't know, because it was full of, like, feels, and then Eve was brought up on stage, and the whole Ubisoft family came up, and they were all shaking hands and, and you know, doing jazz hands, whatever. Um, so uh, we just got the trailer. Go watch it if you're interested. I'm sure there's a number of people that are interested in Beyond Good and Evil 2 as a franchise. Uh, the first game was fantastic, cult classic. Uh, we've seen Beyond Good and Evil 2 years and years and years and years ago, and then it literally disappeared off the face of the earth, and there was nothing. And so to have this come up was awesome, uh, and, uh, certainly... Uh, exciting for, for, for many people. I'm even excited for it. I just want to know there's a date. Even if it's 2019. I just want to just... It's coming. And then I want to see consistency in releasing information for it. Because people have been burnt once. And I don't think they can survive another one. So hopefully this one makes it all the way out. And God help them if it is not a legendary game. But I have faith in them. Uh, they look like they're literally pouring their soul into it. The two people that came out on stage, both of them were just weeping uh, because of the reactions from the crowd and, and how long they've been probably slaughtering their lives, just throwing them away, uh, throwing their lives away for years and years and years and, and trying to keep this thing afloat. And so uh, that was something to see. But yeah, Beyond Good and Evil too. Highlight uh, for sure of uh, the press conference up there with, with Shiggy. Uh, was uh, just a, a great way to cap it. I did. I thought. I thought. Man, why would you open with this? I, this is crazy. How are you going to follow this up? And then they have Beyond Good and Evil Two, which for Ubisoft is basically the closest thing that you could imagine as a follow up to having uh, Miyamoto on stage. So, good job. <laughs> you did it. Uh, so that was the, the Ubisoft, uh, press conference, guys. It was not a dumpster fire. It was actually quite good. It wasn't, you know, earth shattering, unless of course you were beyond good and evil guy, uh, or girl or attack helicopter. Uh, so, you know, that was, uh, that was just a, a solid overall conference. And I'm, I'm happy for them. Uh, Ubisoft had such a great reputation for a long time and they just absolutely dumpstered them, uh, themselves for a good chunk since like, I don't know. 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. It's been years now. So it would be nice to see a bit of a renaissance for um, for Ubisoft if they can keep this kind of momentum going. Um, and yeah, overall, good stuff. I've got to wrap it up there uh, for those listening and watching at home right now on uh, on YouTube and on uh, Twitch and, and on iTunes and everywhere else uh, because I have to go and actually feed myself before I pass out and then uh, prepare for a couple hours from now where we get uh, to uh, in- ingest the majesty that is Sony uh, after they uh, get to lead up from that Microsoft press conference from yesterday. I'm going to get all this stuff up um, for Ubisoft as fast as I can and, uh, and then get ready for that. So thank you very much for, for listening and watching uh, at home. And uh, we will see you guys for the next conference. Peace. Peace.